Welcome to PCI Talk, where we keep up with the ever-changing world of communications and public relations with Public Communications Incorporated. Join us as our team of professionals bring you along on our journey with personal stories and industry insider knowledge from choosing an agency, the crisis management, and everything in between. PCI is a Chicago-based full-service communications agency serving clients that help our communities and the world in many industries, including healthcare, nonprofit, conservation, and more. Now let's talk. Hi, everyone. Welcome to PCI Talk. Uh, today, we are uh, diving into the wild and wonderful world of social media writing. Uh, my name is Kevin Kilbride. I am a senior account executive here at PCI in the nonprofit sector and also um, a member of PCI's digital team. So work on, um, you know, like a really wide variety of programs, um, integrating social media with digital and earned media efforts for a, an integrated communications plan. Um, and uh, my favorite social media channel would have to be Twitter, hands down. I've been um, an active Twitter user since 2011, I think so just about 10 years at this point, but it's how I get my news, it's how I get um, a lot of daily entertainment. And it also, um, I love that Instagram and Facebook are now populated with screenshots of tweets. So I feel like we all know what the real MVP is in the social media. Yeah. Hi everyone, I'm Letitia uh, Ellison. I'm a, an account executive at PCI and also a member of the digital team. So very similarly to Kevin, I, um, I also work on a variety of client programs, really integrated communications using digital communication and earned media as well. And Kevin, I really have to agree with you. I love Twitter. Twitter is also my favorite. I've been on it since probably about the same time that you mentioned, 2011. And I remember like when I had my like old phone and there was just before before smartphones and I had to text like the little 4144 to send my tweet to Twitter and I remember that and I loved it um and I still love Twitter same thing get my news there and I think people are really funny on Twitter um and it's really great to be able to join in conversations through hashtags throwback to TGIT, Shondaland, you know, I was always in those conversations about scandal. Um, and, and now even more, like you said, the screenshots are on like Instagram and Facebook, which I also love. Um, what I love about Instagram now these days is how it's kind of evolved into more than just pictures, but also people who are writers. I'm a writer. We're in communications. We do a lot of writing. So um, I love to see um, people who are writers get really artistic and creative about how they're sharing their writing on Instagram. So that's come in like pretty second of my, of my top fave social platforms right now. Um, okay. So today we are talking about uh, writing for social media. Um, social media needs no introduction. You all, you know, it is ubiquitous at this point. We're all either checking it personally or professionally, probably every day in some capacity. Um, you know, Instagram alone is predicted to reach more than 120 million users just in the U.S. this year. Um, so, you know, obviously it's a very important tool for, you know, all sorts of clients to use to um, you know, really reach a lot of, uh, like, you know, new um, audiences, just uh, like to better communicate with your current audiences. Um, and, you know, on the flip side of that, there's like more content than ever, right? There is um, so much content being posted every day across all of the channels. Um, 
And, you know, it's been a year, frankly, people are really burnt out. It's been, there's been a lot of bad news <laughs> in 2020 and 2021. Um, you know, it's a, it's a quickly changing landscape and it's super easy to sound insensitive or, you know, be shamelessly self-promotional on social media. Um, so it's really important to like remain cognizant of what's going on in the world and, you know, what messages are important to your audience and it's important to kind of think about how do we capture that attention while still staying true to like your mission and purpose um, and a lot of that comes across through our writing which is what we're talking about today um, and something that we should be kind of keeping in mind all throughout the year not just when kind of the chaos is ensuing so kev do you have any tips well let's just dive in i guess to our t writing tips um, for social media you have to keep it short and sweet um you know like i already said there's so there's like more content than ever being shared on a daily basis at this point um, and it's really, really easy to get lost in that shuffle, to get lost in that news feed, you know, if you don't capture the attention right away. So like, what's the most, you know, interesting information? What's the most pertinent part of this message to that audience? Um, and, you know, like there are like a lot of easy ways to do that. You know, I think a lot of people overstuff captions when they could, you know, be letting visuals really like help, you know, add some context and, um, you know, share additional information that, uh, like allows you to keep the actual post shorter while still, you know, saying everything that you need to say with that post. Um, we always recommend using active voice. That's a great way to trim words down and always have people edit your stuff. You know, you can write, you know, like you can be the best writer um, and then you like you pass it to someone else and they're always going to find some unnecessary words that don't really add a lot of value to that sentence or that message. Um, so lots of easy ways to just keep it short, make sure, you know, you, um, have the best shot at capturing their attention from the gem. Yeah, peer editing is really a lifesaver. I know I'm always grateful for it. You can always trim down an extra word or two with another fresh set of eyes on it. And shout out to Leticia, who's done that for me many a times in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, and something else that's really, really important when you're writing for social media, you know, you have to be cognizant of the channel and who is on that channel. Um, you know, it's obviously something that is really important, like not just for social media, but your, um, your website, your email, you know, like any external communications, you want it to be consistent, you know, you don't want it to seem like you um, speak to your audience one way on your website, and then you have like a totally different tone of voice on your email newsletters, for example. Um, but you do have to, you know, be cognizant of the fact that, you know, like each of those audiences are unique and they're, you know, like looking for slightly different things. So how are you, um, you know, tailoring to make sure that it's going to be the most effective? So, you know, thinking about Facebook, like what do you see on Facebook every day? It's a lot of, you know, like lighthearted, personal, intimate updates from family and friends, um, you know, just like very, mostly pretty lighthearted. Um, so, you know, you really want to try to evoke that more personal connection, um, you know, whereas Twitter, super fast moving, you know, very conversational things travel, spread very quickly on Twitter and change very quickly on Twitter. So it is a good, you know, opportunity for, um, you know, that really crisp language, shorter and sweeter than any other platform we're talking about. And, you know, really try to make it a conversation the way that the platform is set up. It makes it really easy to interact with folks, ask questions, respond to questions, you know, help um, spread some awareness and things. All right, so then we have Instagram, right? It's, um, you know, like skews uh, like the youngest of all the audiences on social right now. Um, so 
Uh, like it really presents an opportunity for, um, you know, like a little bit less formal language. You have a little bit more flexibility um, with, you know, how you're talking about yourself. You can use emojis when it feels right, you know, showcasing just like a slightly more um, relatable and less polished side of your brand. Yeah. And I love Instagram because it's really a one-stop shop. It just takes everything from all the other social networks and just builds it into one platform. Um, and so now with like reels and then we have stories, of course, and IGTV and IG live, that there's so many cool ways that you can use Instagram to reach like just a variety of people. And even with Instagram reels now, like it's really like free advertising because people are able to find it through hashtags. So, you know, it's a really, really um, inventive, I feel like platform and a nice place to be really creative and how you're reaching the people you want to reach on that on that channel. Totally love that. Yeah, they've uh, they've really done a good job of making it, you know, kind of like customizable. You know, they're giving yeah. a lot of op- like options how you how you can use it how you need to. Just as important as um, you know, making sure your message is like tailored to the audiences on each of these channels. You also want to make sure, um, no matter what channel you're posting on, you have a purpose or you have a point, right? So you know. We've said before, we can keep saying it because it's it's uh, the reality. There's more content than ever. So, you know, you're more likely to command attention. Um, you know, like when you tell them, like, what's in it for them? Why are you sharing this? What's the point of this? Um, and, you know, we're trying to, you know, keep an open mind here. Um, there are like a, a lot of different ways to inspire your audience to do something. It's not, you know, always just as simple as, you know, asking them for a donation or trying to get them to, um, you know, visit your website, you know, maybe you're asking them to, um, you know, share, or like engage with the post itself, or, you know, you're asking them to sign up for an e-newsletter or something, you know, there's all sorts of things you can do that, um, you know, help them stay connected or help you stay in front of them. Um, as long as you have that really strong call to action, you're more likely to get some good engagement out of that. Yeah. Call to action is so important, Kevin. And, um, especially I think you said it really kind of key though what's in it for them you know your audience is coming to your page they're looking to you as a resource and we like to say here at PCI that social media is not a billboard right it shouldn't be self-promotional all the time you should be being a resource for the audience that your client is trying to reach and you know one example one of our clients um, is a park district and we manage their social media presence and you know in the just chaos of last year, Um, you know, they really use their social platform to push a lot of their in-person programming that they still have going on, you know, with several safety precautions in place, Um, you know, pushing those, their different virtual programming that they have, um, you know, pushing that on social media and and not so much in a, in a, you know, self-promotional way, but really providing an outlet for the community to take advantage of these resources there because, you know, with social distancing and, you know, not really being able to be, you know, so much physically in the community as much, um, you know, this park district is really trying to provide different options so that the residents still feel like they are part of a community. Um, And really those posts that we share are ones that receive like the highest engagement, you know, comments, people really excited that they're offering this programming, even providing uh, like DIY activities that families can do at home has been really great while we're, you know, stuck in the house with the families, Um, you know, so that content really 
really performs well, but it's because they're being authentic and they're really trying to be a great resource for their client or for their audiences. So yeah, having that good call to action and providing value to the audience that's following you on social is so important. Yeah, crucial. I love that your team, you know, like did a good job responding to current events with, you know, like some helpful and like obviously very relevant content and that always resonates well. Um, okay, we've talked through some things to always keep in mind while you're writing social. Leticia, talk to us about what you should not do when you're writing for social media. Yes, lots of lots of things, lots of things. We'll talk about a couple. Um, you know, at the beginning of, of this episode, I talked about how I loved Twitter and I loved being able to follow hashtags and join in conversations. And, you know, I stand by that. It's a great way for your brand and your organization to join conversations and get out there. Um, but it's really important that your organization does research too, to see, especially if it's a trending hashtag that you think sounds great and like your brand should obviously comment on it. Um, it's important to actually look and see what that hashtag is. Um, for example, a couple of years ago, there was a hashtag why I stayed and it was a super powerful moment um, where people were sharing, um, domestic violence survivors were sharing, you know, the reasons why they stayed in these abusive relationships. And it was a really powerful moment. Um, and unfortunately there was a pizza brand who saw that hashtag, didn't do their research and sent out a tweet that was essentially pizza is hashtag why I stayed. As you can imagine, fell flat, you know, so insensitive and they got a lot of heat for it as they rightfully, you know, deserved. Um, and so it's so crucial that you're really doing your research before you're, um, you know, carelessly wanting to comment on these trending topics that are either trending through hashtags or, um, you know, just current events that, you know, have happened in the last year and we've seen that. And, you know, so really like the point of this message here is think through what you want to comment on and, um, you know, be, be really thoughtful in that. No, and you know, we've, we've also just come out of one of the most divisive election cycles I think our country has, you know, seen in years on top of a year filled with a global pandemic and our country and, you know, a national reckoning with race. Um, and, you know, some brands have wanted to come in and take a stand. And honestly, the public is looking, you know, for these brands to, you know, come out and say something. Um but it's important that if you're going to do that, you do it right and it's authentic um, and transparent um, and also the right timing. Um, I know Gap, uh, I, I can't remember if it was on election day or right around the time they posted a GIF of a, of a, a zip up hoodie, one side red, one side blue, and they zipped it up and the caption was something like, you know, we're all in this together, no matter what happens. And it was just really not the time. They honestly got dragged for it immediately on Twitter. You know, people just, you know, this is not the time. People were still very, you know, heated on both ends of the spectrum. Um, and it just really came across a little insensitive at the time and they ended up pulling the tweet, you know, pretty soon after it was shared. So, you know, you just got to really read the room and make sure that if that's the kind of message you're, you're sending out, that it makes sense at that time. I think if that's an example that didn't work in the moment, but it could have worked, you know, a few weeks later, um, you know, but 
definitely not at that time. Um, but there are some brands who have made commenting on these current events, you know, they've, they've done it right. Um, Kev, do you, I know there's a brand that you wanted to talk about that has been doing that really well. Yeah, you know, we have to, uh, like, if we're going to drag some that are doing it wrong, we got to give some love to the folks that are doing it right. Um, and, um, you know, we talked this summer a lot about, you know, all of the, uh, like, different brands that were coming out, you know, in response to, uh, like, the George Floyd killing and the subsequent protests. Um, and, you know, oddly enough, Ben and Jerry's, um, who, you know, you wouldn't necessarily suspect a small ice cream venture out of Vermont to be, um, you know, social justice warriors. But they, in June of last year, they put out a, um, you know, really, really powerfully worded statement, um, you know, like in the midst of the, um, you know, protests this summer. And, you know, it's really quite a bit more substantive than, you know, regular statements, I would say, from consumer brands that are just like, showing some support for some larger social justice movement. Um, you know, it, like it was not fluffy. They didn't mince words at all. They laid out really specific actions and changes that they want to see. Um, and, you know, it didn't really ring false. You know, like this is a brand that has a like demonstrated and, um, you know, very public history of support for the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so it didn't feel like it was inauthentic. Um, so really, really loved that. If you're going to chime in, um, you know, with a, a like political statement that's really not at all tied to your mission and your purpose, uh, that's how you do it, Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, they they did a really great job there. Um, totally and I'm also agree. a big fan of the uh, the chocolate chip cookie dough. So two wins, <laughs> two wins for me. Yes, I love the um, the tonight dough. That's a good one. That's my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And, you know, they, another thing that I think about with them is they didn't talk just about themselves. They weren't trying to promote their ice cream. Right. And so that's another, um, you know, tip that we have in, in terms of, you know, paying attention. Like we said earlier, it's so important to pay attention to what's going on in the world. Um, and when chaos is ensuing, when there is a riot at the Capitol, when, you know, things are just kind of a mess right now, you know, there are times when it's not the time to just, you know, promote yourself. And, you know, it's important that as you are using social media to tell your brand's story, you know, you always want to be, you know, authentic in that way. Um, but it's important to find the right mix of content that, you know, maybe isn't directly promotional and, you know, trying to drive sales or trying to drive, you know, visits to the website. You know, sometimes it's important to just, kind of reground yourself in the mission and just, you know, talk more about, um, you know, the mission of your organization um, and in the work that you're doing right now. And yeah. Yeah, you're so right, Letitia, you know, and that makes me think um, like of a recent example of, of uh, one of our clients that's based in the DC area and it's a nonprofit human services provider um, and last year, uh, like they were really, really keen on promoting the um, U.S. Census. Um, and, you know, that's not like at all technically affiliated with them or what they do. But it came from a really genuine place of, you know, wanting like an accurate snapshot of their communities so that the resources and the funds are allocated accordingly so that, you know, they can like better fulfill their mission. Right. So it's maybe not something that's like 
directly, you know, a program of theirs or an event of theirs or a service that they provide. Um, but, you know, ultimately, if you're promoting something that's going to help you do your job better and serve your audiences better, um, you know, in my book, at the end of the day, that is good and relevant content. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that we wouldn't wouldn't recommend is going completely dark either. Um, you know, don't just stop completely sharing content at all. It's really more about staying abreast of the news of what's happening and ensuring that the content that you are sharing isn't insensitive to what's going on right now. So, you know, get rid of the scheduled posts and, you know, take it day by day and, you know, see, okay, is this an okay post to share right now? Or is this going to come across a little insensitive? Like I have no idea what's going in the world, going on in the world right now. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's a, a big big recommendation that we have for brands who are trying to figure out what should I post right now? Should I post, you know, it's really important to be thoughtful in, in your approach to, to social. Yeah, that's such a good point, Letitia. I remember um, after that man was dragged off of the United flight. And I mean, obviously this is pre COVID, like we're talking many, many disasters and scandals ago in this world, but um, they had some like regularly scheduled content on their Twitter that like wasn't a statement addressing that. And I remember yeah. seeing all the comments, just people dragging them to, you know, the moon and back. Um, and like rightfully so, it's like, you know, there's a very public um, negative situation for your brand and you're, you know, posting photos of birds flying over your planes at the airport, right? Like right. it's just totally missing the moment. Absolutely, totally not the time. Um. Well, Kevin, that is all we have for our listeners today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, if you want to learn more um, tips about social media writing and social media, you know, in times of crisis, um, we do have a new blog up on the PCI website, pcipr.com. Slash blog. Thank you, Kevin. Um, and so feel free to check it out and stay tuned for the next episode of PCI Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to PCI Talk. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, check us out on social media for more insider information.